Welcome to r slash malicious compliance, where a Karen gets exactly what she asked for. Our next Reddit post is from Michael Shing. At my job, I cook and I wait tables. We always have to be very conscious of allergies and food service because it can be life or death for some people for shellfish allergies, nut allergies, celiacs, etc. Enter the gluten-free trend crowd. While I recognize that some people have a legit allergy, there are so many others that are trying to just be trendy. The big difference is that a person with a true allergy has an already general idea of what they can and can't have, and they'll start the whole process off before ordering by letting you know what the allergy is, which we appreciate because it saves time. No big deal. The trendy, gluten-free people need to tell you three times throughout their order, and then always end up backtracking after they find out that basically everything they want to order either contains gluten or is potentially cross-contaminated. At the time of the story, I was working as a waiter, and I was starting to get tired of hearing about it. We had this one regular who came in almost daily who would tell us every time about her gluten intolerance, tell all the people sitting near her about it, then proceed to order items that had gluten. I was having a bad day, and she comes in. She does her normal spiel about being allergic to gluten, and I say, yup. That wasn't sufficient enough attention for her. She emphasizes what it does to her delicate system because she's allergic. She orders her usual. Her food is supposed to be cooked and prepared in the fryers, which have had gluten-ridden food fried in them all day. I'm thoroughly annoyed now having to listen to her graphic details about her gut and the effects of gluten. I, as usual, tell her that the fryers cook food that also contains gluten. She says, oh, that's fine. I have an evil idea pop into my head. Ma'am, you just said that you're allergic to gluten. I cannot in good conscience put this restaurant or my job at risk by serving you food that you'll have an allergic reaction to. I'm sorry, but you're going to have to pick another item. She's shocked. She starts backtracking. I stand firm. No, I'm sorry, but I just can't do it. If you get sick from the food because I was careless about your allergy, then I could lose my job. These are the items you can choose from today. She calls the manager over. My manager backs me up after hearing the story because he was tired of her too. The lady indignantly orders one of the items I listed to save face. Obviously, she left no tip, but I don't care. It was worth it. She still came back two days later, miraculously cured of her gluten allergy. Our next Reddit post is from TBP. So, during high school, I worked a part-time job at a grocery store. We had a lot of cashiers quit and desperately needed more cashiers. At the time, I was making $10.50 an hour. Our general manager offered a promotion where any cashier who got hired got paid $11.25 an hour. So I talked to my manager like, hey, can I get that raise? He said, no, it's only for new hires. Well, after about two weeks, I got fed up being the only one who knew how to run the registers because I was really the only one with experience. I was training new employees who were making more money than me. I asked again to be on the same level of the people that I'm training. I realized that the promotion ended in about one month, so I talked with my parents about my plan. I waited until I knew that my manager was going to struggle because of people taking off. I went into my shift and told my manager I quit. Here's my time card. Here's the keys. Here's my vest. He said, whoa, wait, let's talk about this. 
<laughs> I said no and walked straight out. I enjoyed the weekend off, hung out with my friends more often than I normally did, didn't work at all that weekend, and on Friday, a week and a day later, I went on the website and applied for my old job. I was called in for an interview by my former manager. He seemed relieved and arrogant that I was coming back. But at the end of the interview, I asked, Since I'm a new hire, I get the new hire bonus pay, right? And also, Janice, a coworker who I liked, gave me her referral code, so I get that as well, right? I could tell that he was very unhappy about that, but I did end up getting both. I missed three days of work, but I ended up making more from the referral bonus, 250 bucks, and I got myself a 75 cent raise. Down in the comments, Angdravor says exactly what I'm thinking every time I read a story about a stupid manager. It always blows my mind when a manager will risk their entire operation just to pick up a dime. Our next Reddit post is from Adam Bomb. I used to work in a warehouse, and one day we got a new floor manager. He had this grand idea that he was going to make an already functional supply warehouse work even better. It's important to note that all of our deliveries were sent out on time, received on time, and we had no workplace accidents other than the occasional stub toe or splinter from a wooden box. This place ran about as smoothly and efficiently as possible, but that wasn't good enough for the new manager. He made it a point to check on everyone, getting into things that weren't his business and things he didn't know about. One of his biggest things was making sure that everyone was at work on time. We didn't have a time clock. We just wrote down when we got in and when we left. The new manager insisted that a punch card system would work much better for us, but the owners weren't willing to invest in that. So the new manager would spend every morning watching everyone come through the front door. We had maybe 50 people who worked there, so he made sure to count who came in and when. Anyone who walked in the door past 8.05 a.m. got written up. This is when the manager met Old Guy. Old Guy had been with this company pretty much since it opened. He knew everything and everyone there. He was a great guy and everyone liked him. On the second or third day of the new manager watching everyone come in, he sees Old Guy walking in the front doors at 8.15 a.m. The new manager rips into old guy, telling him that he was late, that this was unacceptable, and that he was getting written up. He was yelling in the middle of the warehouse, where everyone can see and hear him. The old guy tries to explain, but the manager tells him to shut up. The new manager tops this all off with an order. This warehouse opens up at 8am sharp every day, five days a week. And I expect you at that door at 8am to begin your shift. You will be here when the warehouse opens. Is that understood? The old guy just kind of smiles, takes the paperwork, and apologizes, stating that he would be in tomorrow at 8 a.m., just like he was told. The smug look on the new manager's face was picture perfect. He was certain that he had just fixed the biggest flaw in the company. The next day at 8 a.m. sharp, old guy walked through the door and simply made sure that he was seen. Then he went off into the warehouse. That day was a nightmare. Orders were backed up and trucks were waiting on paperwork. The new manager is almost in tears because of the chaos. The owner comes in and starts trying to make sense of the situation with the new manager, and they track the paperwork issue back to old guy. The new manager is upset, but the owner is concerned and asks old guy if everything is okay. 
old guy just tries to hide his embarrassment, saying that new manager wrote him up the day before, and he was told that he had to come in at 8 a.m. Not at 4 a.m. like he always did before to get all the orders and paperwork ready for the day. (laughs) The day before, when he walked in the door, he had been coming in from a break. The new manager tries to backpedal, saying he didn't know that this was old guy's fault. The owner knew better. After that, the new manager wasn't working at the warehouse anymore, or for the company at all. He went off to become a new manager for someplace else. Thankfully, old guy knew what was going to happen and had most of the paperwork done for the day already, so we weren't too behind when the smoke cleared. Hmm, a manager willing to risk the entire business just to save a dime. Why does this story sound familiar? Our next Reddit post is from 05. I briefly worked in a repair shop for a luxury watch company. The dress code stated that you could not wear leggings. Cool, I'm not a leggings as pants person, so it doesn't bother me. One day, I wore a cute gray dress and a pair of leggings under the dress. Let me also quickly just say that we had to dress up even though we put a lab coat over our clothes and we were never customer facing. I heard some chattering from a few of the older employees about leggings, but I ignored them because clearly they're overreacting, right? How is this any different from wearing pantyhose? Because my feet aren't enclosed? I'm minding my business, and a few hours later, my manager comes over and pulls me aside. She walks me to the locker room and tells me that I'm being asked to go home and change because I'm wearing leggings. People have complained. Y'all, I am floored. I live an hour away, and you want to send me home because I have leggings on under a dress? I just looked at her, unbuttoned my lab coat, kicked off my flats, ripped my leggings off, and put my coat back on, right in front of her. I fixed the dress code complaint without spending a penny on gas. I had an awful case of chub rub by the end of the day, but everyone finally shut up. Just ridiculous. Our next Reddit post is from Soldal Halson. Three months ago, my company had a two-hour-long seminar about email phishing and how to prevent it. The seminar also included an update to our email software. Our software has a preview feature. If you hover over a link, it opens a preview of the link. Anyway, I got an email from our IT director saying that I was in violation of their internet policy by using social media, which is a main part of my job. And I was stupid and opened the email. The email was a phishing test, and they made me do another two-hour-long seminar. Last week, I got the following email from our director. Sent with high importance. Subject, phishing email test. Hello, everyone. This is a reminder to stay away of phishing emails. Please review this PDF guide and click this link to take a short quiz to test your skills by 5 p.m. Thank you. Signed, IT Director. Now, on this email attachment, one of the signs to report an email is if it's pressuring you to click a link. So, I feel like I should report that as phishing, so I did. I get this email from the IT Director one hour later. Subject, reporting emails. Hello everyone, we've received numerous phishing reports about the email about the phishing quiz. Please note, any email sent from such and such is not phishing. We've included a new link for your convenience. Thank you, signed, IT Director. To me, this email looks even more suspicious than the last one. So, I do the natural thing and report it to stay vigilant. I've been <laughs> I've been doing this for over two months, and everyone keeps getting an email saying that this email is not phishing. 
Hopefully, they don't make us sit through another two-hour seminar. Hey, you know, actually, on this note, I've been getting a lot of messages from people recently saying that some person posing as r slash is posting comments down below saying that you've won some, like, giveaway or something. To be clear, I am not running a giveaway. I haven't run a giveaway on this channel. I don't think ever. I don't plan to run a giveaway. So if you see one of these comments in a YouTube video, just report it please just report it to YouTube. A lot of people have been emailing me about it and, you know, I can report it, but it's a lot faster if everyone collectively reports these people. Our next Reddit post is from a bigger hammer. In 1969, my dad graduated from Rice University with a five years master's degree in chemical engineering. And since a lot of commenters seem to think that he's some kind of rich kid, for clarity, his parents both taught public school and he went to a college on a full academic scholarship. At the time, the Vietnam War was raging, and although he and his classmates had all received deferments during their studies, their deferments were over, and it was time for them to go before the draft board. Most of his classmates weren't worried, because they were slated to see the Houston draft board, which had a reputation for handing out continued deferments like Halloween candy. However, my dad is from Oklahoma, which meant that he had to be evaluated by the Tulsa draft board, which was much, much stricter. Dad had applied to the chemical engineering PhD program at Stanford and had been accepted with a full stipend. He was excited to go, but first, he had to get past the draft board. The Stanford faculty wrote a letter to the Tulsa draft board, explaining that my father would be embarking on a research program that would greatly benefit the war effort and asking for another deferment. The Tulsa draft board wrote back in short order. They said that my father had already benefited from the only deferment he was going to get, and thus, he was to present himself to the Army Physical Examination Center post-haste. Dad was sad to lose his shot at a PhD, but not too sad because now he could marry my mom. He'd also had several job offers already, so he accepted an offer from Exxon and he and my mom got married. His supporters at Exxon wrote another letter to the Tulsa Draft Board explaining that my father was now gainfully employed in the oil and gas industry, where he would be conducting engineering research that would greatly benefit the war effort and asking for another deferment. Just as quickly, the Tulsa Draft Board wrote back, reiterating that my father was not going to receive another deferment, and that if he didn't hurry up and get his army physical, they might have to get the law involved. Disappointed, my dad went to his army physical as scheduled. He's always been a healthy guy, and he performed just fine on most of the examinations, up until the very end when they measured his heart rate. It was over 100 beats per minute. Well, we can't pass you on that, said the army doctors. But you're probably just nervous. Come back in two weeks and we'll give you another physical. Nervous, said my dad to himself. I can work with that. For the next two weeks, my dad spent every spare moment basically teaching himself the opposite of meditation. He'd close his eyes and think of the most horrifying mental images he could, trying to drive his heart rate as high as possible. Finally, the day of the physical arrived, and things went much as before. He passed nearly everything with flying colors, but when the time came to measure his heart rate, once again, it was well over 100. The army doctors promptly diagnosed him with tachycardia, scored his physical 4F, and sent him home. He's in his 70s now, and apart from his mysteriously high heart rate, which I inherited, he's always been in great cardiac health and still is. Down in the comments, we have a similar story from Kevin K. My dad found himself in a similar situation. His school deferments ended, and he got a bad draft number. 
During his physical, the doctor asked him when he'd broken his neck. My father said that he hadn't, but in describing to the doctor a motorcycle accident he'd had a few years prior, it seemed that his medical team had overlooked a fractured vertebrae. So, no malicious compliance, but a big effing surprise, and no Vietnam. That was our slash malicious compliance, and if you like this content, be sure to follow my podcast, because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.